Hey guys, it's Ken. I wanted to share a quick word with you about our new sponsor, OfficerPrivacy.com. Hey, did you know that all your information is all over the internet? Your home address and even cell phone numbers? This is a problem for you and your family as a police officer or applicant. Just do a quick search on the internet. You're going to find all kinds of news articles about anti-police groups showing up at officers' homes. We have to do everything we can to protect our families from these groups. Check out our friends at officerprivacy.com. Using their free software, you can remove your private info from the internet in about an hour, or you can have their team of Leos do the work for you. I highly recommend them. So go to officerprivacy.com forward slash PAP, PAP for the Police Applicant Podcast. That's our special code, guys, officerprivacy.com forward slash PAP and sign up today. It'll be the best thing you can do for you and your family. So let's get to today's episode. Live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Okay, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Police Applicant Podcast. This is episode 75. And with me, the amazing Californian Donovan Heavener, temporary Californian. Donovan, how's the weather out there? Yeah. The weather is hot again. It's in the hundreds again. So uh, I'm looking forward to in a, in a week. It's going to go back down into the 70s. So I can't. I, I'm sorry. Anyone that lives down in California, I can't get out of here quick enough. <laughs> I'm not used. To, I'm not built for this hot weather. <laughs> well, up in Washington State, we are in the uh, mid to high 70s today. I got uh, a uh, yeah. I was at my computer and I got a um, I got an alert on my computer. It said alert. High temperature, and it was like seventy-eight. Oh shoo! We're frying. Ooh, heat wave. We're frying here, man. <laughs> it was terrible. But um, we, uh, before we get started, introduce our guests. We're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, uh, we are. Let me let me verify this. Up to date subscribers. We have 23 subscribers. So we went we awesome. went down one, we went up one. And so that's pretty cool. And I haven't heard of anybody having problems with subscribing. So that's, that's really neat. And, uh, the, per my latest, uh, thing here. Oh, Donovan, we are at 152,000 downloads. Wow. Um, that's crazy. We're only, we're only 850,000 downloads behind Steve Gould at Things uh, Police See podcast. We're nipping at his heels. We're right at him. The fire <laughs> is there. So, um, he's getting nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, we, uh, we can get right into this episode. I'm really, this is one of the coolest episodes I think we're going to have uh, because our guest is Cito. Cito, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me. And this is a long time coming. Yes, sir, it is. So uh, Cito can tell you about the history of it, but Cito's a super fan podcast listener. He's also yes, one of our first subscribers to, to, uh, 
information and he um uh he likes uh every single episode since episode two yes. wow so yeah. that's yeah me and christine yeah mean christine <laughs> mean christine so let's get right into this and um we have a new thing where 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 i'm not going to talk as much I'm going to listen to you guys for a little bit because I think it's important. And uh, I know Cito has a big story. We're going to, we're going to talk about, he's a, uh, he's a Northern California applicant, five years, 17 agencies, 31 applications. And somebody called him and said, Hey, you're hired. Yes. Oh. Wow. That's an awesome story. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. So Cito, tell us, um, Tell us uh, about yourself, about, you know, where you grew up, maybe some of your bio, your family life, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was born and raised in Stockton, California, right here. It's about 45 minutes south of Sacramento. Um, lived here my whole life. I've actually been in the same neighborhood my whole life. Um, once I moved out on my own with my kids and my girlfriend, I just moved down the street from my parents. So, um, but yeah, I grew up here. I've been here. Like I said, my whole life, I'm 27. I have two beautiful boys, um, amazing girlfriend, amazing family. I got four siblings. Um, and yeah, I mean, I went to high school here, college here. It's just been my whole life in Stockton. And, you know, I mean, I can complain. Stockton is very <laughs> difficult to live here. It's a, it's a pretty dangerous city and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it gets hot. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But, you know, I'm just I'm just happy and blessed to be where I'm at today. Yeah, Stockton, uh, Donovan, I don't know if you know this or not, Stockton, um, Stockton during 2020, or they, I think they declared bankruptcy or 20, 2008 or something like that. And there was, it's, it's, it's got a bad vibe to it as far as the news goes, but is it a, is it a decent place to, to, to police and all that? No, no. <laughs> they're, down, they're down. I think they're down 125 officers. Oh man! Wow. I mean, wow. they're the lowest. They're the lowest paying agency in the in the area. I mean, north, south, east, to west by a couple hours, are the lowest paying agency. Jeez, just it's unfortunate. So the city needs a lot of help, and I mean, God bless everyone. I'm sure hope we do get the help soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it it is California. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, earlier I mean, when Donovan was complaining about California, I wanted to be like, hey, but I was kind of like, I think he's right. We should all get out of here. Well, <laughs> well. I mean, I spent I spent my whole life there, and I as soon as uh, as soon as you know what was funny. I don't know if I ever told you this, Donovan, but but uh, Cito, before I fully actually retired on paper, I was already out of the state like two weeks already. Oh. It was gone. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't wait at all. No. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> right? I was gone. I, I just, and I, and I, and I came up to Washington state. Uh, we're very fortunate to meet uh, Donovan and some other folks mm -hmm. up here. And I'm, um, it's, it's, it's funny years ago, Donovan would have said, man, you gotta, you gotta come up and uh, check out Washington. And I'm up here going, Donovan, you should come back to Washington. It's really great here, man. We're having a good time. Uh -huh. <laughs> it flipped onto you on Donovan. Uh, it did. It did. So <laughs> I'm in, Hey, I'm in the home stretch now. So yeah, I was there. How many? Almost, how, almost. How many weeks? Uh, I think I'm just over two weeks now, and Ooh. I'll be, I'll be done. Yeah, 
Yeah. And hit the road back to Washington. Awesome. Cool. Beans. So, well, yeah. you know, I tell people that I, Donovan, how did you get interested in police work? Cause I, I was like all Adam 12. Uh, see, I wasn't, uh, I actually kind of stumbled into police work because, um, I, I went to college. I never thought about being a police officer. I ran from the cops when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I was a punk rocker, skateboarder. I had the mohawk, everything like that. They were chasing me all over the place. Um, I actually started college as a theater arts major. Oh, sexy. Um, yeah, can you believe that? Yeah, theater arts major. And then I needed money. And the only place hiring for work study under, under the federal grant thing was uh, the police department on campus. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, I got to have a job. So I started there and uh, it just snowballed after that. I got interested in what they did and just kind of went from there. I never in a million years. And I going back to class reunions, my classmates from high school. So they just laugh when they hear that I'm a, a police officer. So yeah, I had no ambition of being a cop. And then look at me now, <laughs> 30 so years later. <laughs> Think about Donovan. He said he had a Mohawk. He's bald now. It's like the TV show. <laughs> yep. back in time and the bald guy had an Afro. <laughs> Yep. Yep. And I'll tell you this, this is what happens when you use a lot of Elmer's glue and Aquanet. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. I have to yep. see a picture yep. of Donovan when he was a teenager. Um, yeah, we need to share there that. are none of me with my Mohawk. I did not oh, allow anyone to take a picture of me with a Mohawk. <laughs> oh man. You know what? Uh, Cito yeah. Donovan, Donovan said something very cool because it's the same for me. People ask me, how did you get into police work? And I, mm. I knew Adam 12, but I needed a job. People say, what happened? I needed a job. <laughs> it turned out it was my calling and I, and I, right. I did well as a police officer and I'm, and today I'm still doing police officer related stuff. So yeah. I feel good, mm -hmm. but it wasn't my first, I mean, I, I wasn't crazy. like since five years old going to be a cop. So right. Right. Yeah, me neither, <laughs> but here we are. So yeah. how did you get interested in police work? <sighs> Honestly, like, um, it never crossed my mind until I was 18 years old and I went on a ride along with my uncle and I was like, holy crap. I mean, code three all night, 120 miles per hour down busy streets. And it's just, you know, gun ho the whole time. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> Since you're 18. Yeah. I was 18 years old. And how old, are you, how old are you now? 27. I just turned 27. Nine yeah. years ago, man. Wow. Yeah. So you got that adrenaline addiction at age 18. Yes, sir. We had Yep. So cool. Man. There's, I don't know. There's something about yeah. there's uh, when I went through the academy, we went to driver training in uh in San Pedro. And I was like chilling, just like driving and stuff. And I even did that skid pan thing. And I was mm -hmm. just like chilling, like with my, I could have put a suicide knob on my steering wheel, just kind of like, whoosh. and then mm -hmm. they go, okay, now we're going to up it a little bit. And then you, you I want you to uh, up the speed and we're going to go around the track. And the instructor turned the siren on and oh, I yeah. totally lost my mm -hmm. crap. I'm like, ah, and I spun yep. out and all kinds of stuff, man. Yep. Something about that siren. Oh yeah. There's, there's nothing better than driving with that siren on. No, nope. nothing better. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got my taste, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. We even did a felony stop. <laughs> and, I mean, my uncle was like, stay in the car, and he hopped out with his gun, and it was just like, <laughs> it was like, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Was cool. So 
So it's cool. You got someone in the family who's in law enforcement then. Oh yeah. I got multiple people. I have, you know, my girlfriend, brother, he's a deputy sheriff. I have my uncle who's been Stockton PD for 17 years. He's a sergeant now. I mean, I got friends. I even got a good friend named Alex that Ken uh, connected me with. Oh, uh, Alex County Sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, remember I mean, Alex? Uh, it took him 14 years to get hired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so now the Alex, question, Alex. Well, what I got for you, Cito, is huh. with these people you know mm-hmm. um, and in the current climate, because I hear a lot of existing cops and I'm saying I'd never recommend anyone to get into law enforcement. So, what's the feedback you got from your family and friends who are in law enforcement? Are they encouraging to you? Oh, yeah. Very encouraging. They're excited for me because they know how long I've been trying to do this. Okay. I mean, I've been doing this before, you know, post, you know, pre George Floyd and pre COVID and everything like, you know, the climate wasn't as bad when I first started. And even though it kind of took a turn for the worse once George Floyd happened, I never, mm-hmm. you know, changed my mind. I kept going for it. Mm-hmm. So um, I was always encouraged to keep going. Nobody ever tried to stop me. Wow. That's excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because there are so many now that are just saying, you know, it's not worth getting into the business. And hmm. if we keep that up, then we're not going to have cops to to do the job. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, your family and friends are encouraging you. Oh, yes, sir. Did anybody ever say to you, man, what are you even thinking? Why do you want to be a cop, man? Look at look at what happened with George Floyd, people going, <laughs> you know, the prosecuting cops. And wow. you, are you going to be a pig? What Anybody talk smack to you about it? Uh, just like people with my sister, my dad, my brother. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I've had a couple, I've had a couple, but I mean, honestly, I've had, I've heard people on the podcast say I've lost friends and people didn't agree what I was doing. I, I've actually had the opposite. I had a friend right when, you know, George Floyd happened, who was mad at me because I was applying to be a cop and he said, how could you? You know, they're murderers. You know, you're going to murder people. You're going to be racist. Now he's like, see, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. You know, congratulations, bro. I support you. And it's just the complete opposite. Happened. My sister who, you know, is not a fan of the cops. Now she's so happy for me that she cries, you know, that she's just wow. excited for me. And now she's telling people like my brother's going to be a cop. Like she's excited. My dad. Oh my God. That one. <laughs> My dad is so happy for me. I mean, my dad, we, we've never been lovey-dovey. My dad's never, like, you know, been, like, the hug type. But, I mean, he was so happy when I got hired. And, I mean, the affection he gave me with the hugs and the kisses and tell me how proud he was to see me not give up and reach my, my goal. And now he's a supporter, you know. I mean, even though his brother, which is my uncle, was a cop, that helped a little bit. But my dad still was like, nope, I still don't like you guys. I only like my brother. Oh, <laughs> Just one story real quick. Sorry, I don't mean to have topic. No, it's fine. I share this. When I was 18, I applied for a um, cadet position with the local police department, Stockton. And just to make a long story short, uh, my my brother-in-law, through my sister, um, just got out of prison, whatever, and they did a felony stop. Well, not felony stop. They did a stop, but he was on parole. So, and it was a gang unit, pulled him over, eight cop cars deep, you know, a bunch of gang unit guys get out. And my dad goes outside to um, just to see what's going on. And this is the day before I have an interview with the police department. My dad almost fights two of the cops and I had to get in the middle of it to break it up. And this is the police department I'm going to be at the next day for an interview. And my dad says, F you pigs. And it was just like, wow. And yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't get the position. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Um, 
So what was the big change? I think between me and my dad's brother, my uncle, I mean, I think we kind of opened his eyes a little bit to understand that, wow, my son's normal, my brother's normal, and they're going to, you know, my son's going to be a cop, my brother is a cop. So I guess cops can't be that bad, right? They're not all bad. Mm. I think that helped open my dad's eyes and my sister. I think I'm opening her eyes. Mm. So, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's really odd. Cause in 2020 I was, I had already started the, um, the consultation business and there were still people that were getting a hold of me, but even, but more than than now. And Donovan, I don't know if you had this issue with recruitment um, at your department, but but back then in 2020, it seemed like I was running to more people that were really running into guy people that were up in arms about them applying to be cops. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we had that, um, and that was always a question I had is uh, when I was doing backgrounds, I was asking, you know, uh, how do your family perceive you as being a police officer how do your friends you know and finding out from them but i mean my personal experience too i mean i had friends who were teachers that in that environment they just they cut ties with me they didn't want anything to do with me because i was a police officer so um it was a different day and age but i think what cedo was talking about there with his dad changing uh his opinion sister uh, uh i think that has a lot to do with the current climate too i think we're we're starting to swing back, you know, to, all right, let's support the blue and, and we need them. Um, there's been some stories posted on, uh, <laughs> on some people who were defunding the police and all of a sudden they've been victims of crime yeah. and now they're like, Oh, we need police officers. So I think that's, that's a big thing too. Um, and that yeah. may just, you know, fall in line with what Cito is seeing with his family. Yep. I agree hundred percent. And it's not, uh, it's really funny. I just posted a story today on Instagram and it was about this lady that was all about defunding the police and, you know, fight the power and all this kind of stuff. And then she gets her, her, she gets robbed yesterday and she goes, love the Minneapolis police, you're the best, you know, and she's all bloody uh, and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But um, yeah, I think times have mm-hmm. changed a little bit, but um, yeah. so Cito, what types of agencies did you apply at? Everywhere. Yeah, because you, so you've got, okay, I'll go over this once more. Yeah. Over a five-year period, you applied, or you have, it says 17 agencies, but then I have 31 applications. Um, how, Tell me, walk me through this and all these departments and, and what types of agencies that you had applied to, and um, how did you decide on the department that you got hired by? Um, so, I mean, I started with like local, like the sheriff's office here and then the stock and PD where I, you know, live. Um, I kind of just started there. And, uh, when that, those things weren't working out, I started branching off to other counties and other cities. And then when those didn't work out, you know, I ended up applying for like CDCR, CHP, and it's just, it kind of just kept escalating from there, but a lot of them were like double. So like, I think Stockton alone, is, it was like five applications and sheriff's office was like three or four. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, it just, it started local and then it, I mean, it branched out as far as San Diego. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. And then 
I kind of, um, I applied for the agency I got hired by. I applied there once, maybe three, three and a half years ago. And um, that was one of the first agencies I applied to in beginning of, no, late 2020. I'm sorry. Yeah, late 2020. It was one of the first I had applied to or I had passed a written exam because um, from 2017 all the way up to 2020, I was failing the written exam. I couldn't mm-hmm. pass it. The Pella B, I just could not get past it. And then uh, 2020, I passed it. And then I applied to, you know, the sheriff's office here again. And then I applied to the agency I'm at now for the second one. And for our listeners, can you explain what the pellet B is? Because I think Donovan Washington yeah. has a similar test. Okay. Yeah, pellet B is just a multiple choice question type test. It's all, you know, basic grammar, punctuation, stuff like that. Um, I think the thing that, that kind of kills you is uh, the, the very end of the test. They have something called the clause. I can't remember the name of it, but it's, uh, it's just this two-page story where they take out a bunch of words you know, multiple words throughout the story, just random places. And you have to find out what word's supposed to go there. And that one, that's really hard. You spend a lot of time on that. And I think that's what fails a lot of people, but it's just a basic, you know, punctuation, grammar type test and reading and writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, do they have like a study guide you can buy for that test? Cause I know like up in Washington, the company we use, they have a study guide. They can, the applicants can buy to, to brush up on it. Is there something like that down here in California? Yeah, there's multiple sources to study on. I mean, some agencies even give you study guides. Um, but I, you know, I've heard of some agencies giving you booklets to like study. It's just, um, but to me, 100% honest, I feel like it's one of these you can't study for. It's one you, you kind of more need to, you know, learn or, you know, mm-hmm. remember from either high school or college or something like that. Cause that's what happened with me. I couldn't get it. And um, I didn't go to college right away. You know, I joined the workforce for years. And then once I realized I needed to go back, I went back. And then that's when I passed my written exam. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is one of those things too, that it's, it's hard to get used to the test taking once you've been out of it for a while. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm finding that now, right now in this class I'm in, I mean, test taking is a skill. And I think a lot of people forget that, that it is a skill. Yeah. uh, Doing that. So that's awesome that you, we're finally able to pass that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and not every agency accepts the pellet B right throughout California. No. So did you Most take, do I'm sorry. Most agencies do though. So did you have to take the pellet B and you, you walk in with this passing score and walk into an agency where they go, well, we got our own test. Um, I never encountered that, but there is agencies that do do that. Um, I don't think LEPD takes the pellet B, but I can't remember. I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. They have their own written test because, well, LEPD, they're unicorns and, you know, they, yeah. they do everything their own way. So did you have now given that you had so so the numbers are correct where it's 17 agencies and 31 apps because you had multiple apps at, at the same agencies? Yeah. Okay. And. And were there any considerations that you had for when you decided on on a on an agency to apply with? Did you consider things like um, like pay and benefits and the work environment? Did you do any research on that? Um, pension benefits, all that. 
honestly, not in the beginning. In the beginning, I just kind of did what you did not want me to do, and that is shotgun applications out. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of was like, you know, boom, 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 boom. I'll play there, play there. you know, just not even paying attention. So, you know, by the grace of God, God didn't let me get picked up by some of these agencies where I'm just grateful that I didn't. Um, but in the end, yes, most definitely. It started, I start to look at benefits, you know, the environment, going on ride-alongs, asking those cops, hey, how are things here? And, you know, just I had to take it more serious in the end. And I mean, it just, it paid off for me hundred percent. So through your whole process and you said you went on a ride along, you went on a ride along with your, your uncle, I think you said, mm-hmm. how many ride alongs do you think you went on through your whole application process and how important was it the information that you received on those ride alongs? I think those inf- the information was very important. Um, I didn't go on. I mean, as far as much as I applied, I didn't go on mm-hmm. just a crazy amount, maybe about five or six. Okay. But, That's still a lot from what I hear from applicants though, because a lot don't do a ride along. Yeah. 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 That's one thing I would suggest to a lot of people who are applying is it's so important to go on ride alongs because you show your face to the sergeant. And I mean, one agency I applied with, um, I actually became really good friends with the guy I was going on ride along with. Um, and I went with him multiple times also, but he made sure to keep bringing me to the sergeant, bringing me to the corporal. And I mean, I even ran to the chief because of him and even the district attorney. I mean, this guy made sure people knew my name or face. And that's why I think it's important people do ride alongs. Yeah. And and I always say when, with, when it comes to ride alongs, it's not just an opportunity for you to show your face there but it gives you an opportunity to reverse the interview process. You get to interview that agency. Am I right? I mean, did you have a lot of questions oh, yeah. uh, for them? Yeah. 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 I just think they're invaluable. So I'm glad to hear that you, you went on them. Um, you know, you say five, not that many. That, again, when I talk to applicants, I think five is five is a lot from what I'm hearing. So really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even uh, especially during COVID, there were a lot of agencies weren't even allowing ride-alongs. Yeah. Right. And a right. ride, ride along is a big deal, man, because you get to see if it's in your blood, if they see all the calls, the things that the officers go through. And you know what, what was a big deal in what Cito uh, said is he actually networked to where he yeah. met some important people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's important, too, because they'll remember your name. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, you know, Donovan, I want to, I want to spend a couple minutes on this cause I did a, um, I did some research on these types of things when it comes to, to benefits and pensions and, and, and medical into retirement and all that stuff. And not all agencies are the same, you know, and, uh, that's something that I, I think is important. CEDO is, a, is, a, is in an, um, a kind of a different place where because of the number of applications and the number of turndowns that you got, you weren't, uh, you weren't able to be as picky as, yeah. as, as you probably wanted to be. Yeah. And so, but I want to emphasize that if you're applying to look into the pension benefits, medical into retirement, mm-hmm. Cause that's expensive and stuff. And so um, what's your take on that, Donovan? Oh yeah. It's invaluable to know what the benefits are because when you get that job, you're not thinking that at all. You're like, I finally got the job. When do I start the Academy? That kind of stuff. You know, if you have to go to the Academy yet, what do I get for uniforms? And, um, and the, the benefits are huge. You don't, 
lot of, a lot of people don't start thinking about like the retirement uh, medical and all that until it's too late, you know? Um, and it's, it's important. And then just looking at what do they put away? Like if they have a matching deferred comp and what goes in the retirement for you right when you get hired, that's, all important stuff because right now what's happening when you get hired is going to lay out the course for you before you ever get to retirement. So you want to be able to make sure that you can have a fun life like Ken after retirement. Yay. <laughs> and soon you, soon you, when you retire. Yeah. Yes. Um, so here's a big, you know what? Uh, let's go to, let's go to a, a commercial break real quick because I want to get into um, what took you so long to get hired, man. Mm -hmm. That's important. So we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) Hey guys, this is Steve Gould, host of the Things Police See podcast. I want to let you know the Police Applicant podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, is now offering additional members-only content for only $4.99 per month. The new subscribers-only content will feature additional episodes hosted by Ken, Donovan, and Minerva, early access to podcast episodes, special members-only YouTube content, and private meet-and-greets with the hosts and other fans. The podcast episode will still be free every two weeks, but can you believe all this extra content for only $4.99 per month? The perks are fantastic, and you'll also be supporting the valuable work our hosts provide to you. Let's face it, guys. We need people to become cops. We need these guys to guide them through it, to motivate them, to inspire them to do so. You can also support the podcast with one-time and monthly donations. The links for subscribing and donations are in the show notes in the podcast page at policebackground.net. Also, if you're interested in a podcast that concentrates on police war stories and what the men and women of law enforcement face on a day-to-day basis, please check out the Things Police See podcast on all podcast platforms, or go to thingspolicey.com. That was our good friend, Steve Gould, Things Policey podcast. If you like war stories from cops, Donovan has an episode on there. Donovan, do you don't even know what episode you are? I have no idea, Ken. <laughs> I have an episode on there, and I, too, do not know what episode I am. <laughs> so, I was on there when Steve first started the podcast, and so, um, yeah, that's a long time ago. So, so Cito, like we said, it took you, you applied for five years. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, when you first applied, did you go, I'm just going to apply. I should just go get my haircut right now because yeah. I'm going to get hired. <laughs> yep. That's exactly how it went. And so you started applying and then you started, you, were you racking up DQs or non-selects? How did that go? So, I mean... Right away, I kind of was applying, but I think I would maybe the, I think the pressure got to me. So, like the first three agencies, I, I didn't even show up for for the written exam. Why? But I, I just I folded. I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I don't know. I'm not. It's just I don't know. I think that my nerves <laughs> got to me. But yeah, I I didn't get any. Like I said, I didn't pass the written exam for the first few years. I mean, I think I was already three or four agencies in, but I mean, that's, that's agencies, maybe like seven applications before I actually pass a written exam. So, I mean, it was, I was racking up failure on the written exam was what I was doing. You know, uh, 
with LEPD, there, there's, there's so many applicants. They, the thing about whether somebody is a no-show to a, a test doesn't even affect well, by the time they get to backgrounds. But Donovan, you were close enough to the testing process. What do you think about when someone is just a flat-out no-show to testing? Um, boy, it's been a long time since our agency did their like own testing where we could see who's a no-show. Mm. Um, that That never looks good. Um, you know, uh, I know when I was uh, helping with, uh, hiring in Wisconsin, um, we would have some no shows and yeah, it, it, th- that stands out to those running the test, uh, and they're all part of the hiring process and they have no problem letting everyone know, Hey, this, this person didn't test last time. So, you know, what's their commitment level to here, you know? So yeah, yeah it's not a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I regret it. <laughs> did you, did you call and say, Hey, or mm-hmm. you just no show? No show. Did, did anybody, did you reapply at those agencies at any point? Uh, actually, yeah. And uh, one of them had, um, this was in 20, I applied the first time in 2017, no showed, applied again in 2021. And they emailed me about two weeks later saying, thanks, but no thanks. And I was like, wow, <laughs> salty. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens uh, when you do a no show. Yeah. Yeah, they remembered. And I think with I think with smaller agencies, it's like it's like somebody invited you to dinner. They went out. They they handmade all the dinner and everything. And then you just didn't show up. You like stood yeah. them up. And I think smaller agencies are like, well, piss on you. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. sure did. <laughs> so you were firsthand knowledge of what happens when you don't show up to your test. Mm-hmm. I would I would suggest I would suggest. That if in any point that you're testing and you can't make it or you just you just pee your pants, just call them, call them up. Yeah. But the, are you uh, getting an email? Yeah. But remember that yeah. the people, they keep track of all this stuff. So if you like cancel five times, they're going to go, yeah, d- don't even spend your time on this guy. Yeah, right. You know, so just yep. be mindful of that. So you had a problem with the testing with the written test. So mm-hmm. then finally you pass the written test. And then how many years are we talking now? I mean, I didn't pass till 2020. So I started in 2017 and so three years goes by and I finally pass. But like I said, I give credit to me going back to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, that helped me so much. I So I started with taking just a, like a writing course, like learning to write and be better at writing. Um, and even like getting better at grammar and just everything. It was just a, a really basic class to the point where the units didn't even count towards graduation. I mean, it was so basic and it, it was almost embarrassing, but I mean, <laughs> that class literally helped me go from failure, not passing at all until the end where I was uh, having above average scores. So, I mean, it's wow. just, it was so, it was just, oh my God, I can't just, can't even explain how much that, simple class that didn't count for anything helped me. Okay. So Donovan, you went to, you, you got your degree before you get on the job, but you got your degree with no intention of becoming a police officer. Uh, well, I started my degree with no intention of being a police officer, but, um, early on in my college career, I decided that maybe being a cop is my, my dream and my passion now. So I did change over my degree to, uh, the criminal justice degree, um, before I graduated. So, 
Okay. Did that do you any good or, or would you suggest an AJ degree or what? Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot of criminal justice professors who don't like to hear this, but uh, I always recommend do not go the criminal justice route. Uh, get something that you can use, get a business degree, a foreign language degree, accounting, anything that you can use outside of law enforcement, um, but still you use in law enforcement. A computer science degree is in this day and age is invaluable for law enforcement because of the, the high tech stuff that's going on. And if you have any education in, in the internet or uh, computers, man, it, it's going to pay out so big for you. That's cool. Yeah. We have, we have conversations yeah. about, about college and what, whether to get it, what degree to get in and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, that's an, that's an important thing to discuss. Uh, about what, you know, if you need a degree later on, you know, if you get hurt on the job and you need to go into some other profession, is your, is your criminal justice degree going to do you any good or can you get something that's kind of generic about that? So that's something that you want to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. We do have episodes about that. Um, I think there's, uh, I can't remember if we did a special on that um, or not, or if it's a uh, subscription, but I know we've talked about that a lot. Uh, you've, you, with all the agencies. So, so let's go, let's go to the part where you actually pass the pellet B, the okay. written test, and now you can apply at agencies. Tell us about the, the differences in the agencies when you applied or were they all the same, the application process? Did you ever feel comfortable applying knowing that everybody's going to do everything the same? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, every agency I've ever showed up like and did something with, whether it was a physical agility, written exam interview, everything was structured the same. I mean, it all starts with the physical agility, a physical agility into a written exam, written exam into an interview, and so on and so forth. They were all the same. Uh, so it was pretty easy. I mean, I was so comfortable in the end that I almost, I kind of started catching myself talking to these guys like they were my friends. I had to stop and <laughs> like, no, we don't do that. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, <laughs> I even told one recruiter, oh, so embarrassing, but he called me. He was like, Mr. I'm sure you study for this and that. And my girlfriend chewed me out for this. I said, oh, okay, thanks, brother. And I was like, oh, why did I tell him? That? <laughs> luckily, he, luckily, he was very, he was very cool. But that was the wrong guy. It would have been all bad for me. Oh, man. <laughs> there were a few times candidates would call me and they go, hey, Ken, this is so sorry. I get hold on. I I am not mm-hmm. your friend. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. your friend. Yep. <laughs> I've gotten the sup. <laughs> what are you even saying to me right now? <laughs> sup, my big D. What's up, man? The big D. Uh, yeah. Hey, I got a, I got a quick question, Ken. Mm. So, it, it, you know, it took you, you said three years to pass the test, right? Mm-hmm. So now I just want to know kind of weighing it here, passing the test, the excitement for that finally, and then getting the job now. Same excitement. <laughs> no. I mean, it had to be, be a huge but it had to be a huge relief once you passed that test. Oh yeah. Once I passed the test, I was like, Oh, I mean, my heart was pounding when I got the email and I, right. I seen the agencies like on the letterhead and I was like, Oh my God. Like, I swear, Cito, if you fail this again, Oh, you're like, you're such a loser. 
And I, I, I bet you even bought a piece of cake or something just to celebrate, right? Well, yeah, I, I literally was like, I want to go out to dinner. We're going to celebrate. And I was, like, I mean, little did I know it was, it was about to get a lot harder because I, you know, I was making it past the point that I'd never been past before. Right. But man, I was so excited once I opened up the email and seen it. I remember I was getting ready to shower. I ran downstairs in my boxers to tell my girlfriend, I passed. I did it. <laughs> like, like, looking at me like, what the heck? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, Donovan. When when people get a hold of me uh, the, and they go, "I got the I got a CJO, I got a conditional job offer." Oh my gosh! And I'm like, everybody gets a conditional job offer. It's like a yeah. it's like a legal yeah. requirement for them to give you the medical exam. It doesn't mean they're giving mm-hmm. you a job. It's, cool. it's yep. okay, <laughs> you know. But still, um, yeah, I know for you, he passed that test that that written test. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a, that's a big deal that is that is yeah so you you get how out of all the agencies that you applied with how many how many of those applications made it to a background investigator's desk <clears throat> um let me see honestly i would say it's only about five okay okay so five was that five different BIs that called you? Yeah. All right. And what years are we talking about that that happened? So I had this year, two last year, and then the one in twenty twenty, I believe, late twenty twenty, when I passed with the sheriff's office, the written exam. Okay. So Donovan and I have a big question. Yes. So from 2020 to 2023, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Well, it's like you said earlier, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just going to get my haircut. Going to go, you know, go get some food. And then, you know, then I'll look at my, do my PHS, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just didn't think my background was going to hold me back. But little did I know my background is going to hold me back for three more years. Three more years. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And when did you contact me? What year did, did that happen? 2023? That was this year. Yeah. Okay. So 2023, okay. something, something. Uh, first off, how did you find the podcast? How did you find me and all that kind of stuff? Uh, just being at work one day, looking up, you know, police stuff on Spotify, just trying to get some motivation. And I seen police applicant podcast and I was like, hmm, let's look into this. And then I seen you lie, you die. And I was like, I can look, I can, let's check this out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Ever since then I've been hooked. So what was the process with Ken? You get a hold of Ken and, and what was it that Ken did through the process that really helped you out? Um, he had like this wand and he did like glitter over me and then I lifted <laughs> off the ground. No, but um, yeah, I'm not believing it. (laughs) (laughs) I um, I had got into my first background process this year, beginning of 2023, and of course, I had ended up failing it. And I remember Ken saying, you know, he was going to up his prices for his consultations, and I thought about it last year doing it, but I I always told myself, just keep trying on your own. You know, you can't be that bad. And then once I I failed the background for this agency that I thought I had in the books. I mean, 
like I said, that this was an agency where I met the DA, I met the chief. I mean, I was there. People remembered me. I thought I had it and I ended up failing it. So I was like, man, I just, I don't know what else to do. So I contacted Ken. Ken, you know, got back to me really quick and we set up a consultation. You know, I turned in a PHS for him, which, you know, the personal history statement. Mm-hmm. Ken looked at it and he knew, he knew right away. I mean, I literally met up with Ken. He told me this is what's wrong. Do this. I did it. Applied to the agency. I got hurt. Okay. So it wasn't magic. Ken saw something that that you needed to take care of. So there's still work on your part. I, Ken does a great job, but I mean, you have to follow. Not through. Man. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying Ken finds the stuff. Yeah. You still have to follow through on it. Right. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, but I, I always say like, I had my uncle, my brother-in-law, my friends who are cops. I mean, I had mm-hmm. so many people go to my PHS. Nobody can figure it out. Right. Nobody. And these guys I are am. cops for 10 plus years. I yeah, but cops pain. are the worst to do that. <laughs> yeah. Cops are the worst Not to cops. look over your PHS. They really yeah. are. Oh, they yeah. don't know what a background investigator is looking for unless they've done the job. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm not taking anything away from Ken. Ken does a great service. And, and, and like I said, I mean, uh, he found it, but again, uh, got to give you credit though, too. Yeah. You could have just sat back and said, oh, I'm going to just keep going this way. You, you took the advice from Ken and it shows that, you know, Ken, yes, the magic does work. <laughs> and I will mention that Donovan is a little, he's a little uh, miffed that Cito did use the words miracle worker. Um, miracle worker when he can when he talked about me so um without going without going into specifics was it just because because i talked to i talk to guys and gals all the time when they call me about their backgrounds and i say this in the in the in the podcast too i said there could be something you may be screwing yourself over by the way you are um, articulating an incident in your in your background, or you may be just the way you write the stuff, Donovan. Man, I tell you, I when candidates when candidates write stuff down, how many times do we go, man, dude, you did not have to mention that, but now that you did, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and yep. I'm going to go for it, and now it's an issue for me mm-hmm. because you talked about something you, you just got diarrhea of the mouth and you should not have articulated the way you did. <laughs> yes. So, um, so it could be as simple as, as Cito turns in his application and I'm looking at it and I go, I tell folks all the time, change this. I don't like the way this is worded it at all because you have to be honest mm-hmm. and, and you have to be, you have to be able to say, this is, this happened. And just let the background investigator do their job. If they're good, they're going to ask you. They're going to ask you. Yeah. Yep. So, Cedar, was it one of those things where where I was able to look at the at the PHS and there was something you were doing wrong? I mean, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give the the candidates who listen to this podcast this episode was there something that was glitching in your PHS? That was just like glaring to me or nobody, if you weren't a background investigator, you wouldn't have seen it. Well, how did that work? Um, so with mines in particular, like you had mentioned that my issues from high school were the only things that seemed concerning to people. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you told me, and I mean, Ken, you shocked me so much with this question. You told me, um, you know, I seen you did this in high school, this in high school, and this in high school, what was going on at home? And I was like, uh, oh, well, yeah, home was not fun. And um, Ken said, you know, a lot of kids who grow up in houses where alcoholism and, you know, addiction and domestic violence, when they go through that, they act out at school. And he goes, maybe, you know, you should probably write a letter, have a couple friends write a letter, some school admin, whoever write letters for you. And that's what I did. And I mean, oh, my God, the support I got, the letters that they wrote were amazing. And I mean, I turned that over to the lieutenant at the HCMI now. And I mean, that guy, the next day was like, you know, let's start your background. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's important. And, and that's why, that's why Ken's service is so valuable is it's just a little thing like that. And there's a lot of times a background investigator won't ask that question that Ken asked. And that was something I always asked too. You see a lot going on, at, you know, in the younger years and what was going on at home? What was, what was home life? What was, what was the issue? Um, yeah. Cause that explains it. And that's all you had to do is just explain that. And, you know, had you contacted Ken earlier, I think, I'll, <laughs> you know, you've been further along, but you contacted him and you cut more time off so that you're still not out there looking. So yeah, I think it's great. I think it's, and it just shows how one little thing can, can hold you up in a background process. Yeah. Yeah, because I, background investigators, they'll get a PHS. And, and what I mentioned to the candidates is that you want to, once a, once a BI forms an opinion, that's going to be the opinion. And it's going to be yep. really difficult. And if they see on your PHS, oh, A, B, C happened, it's going to be real hard to turn that around. And my suggestion to people is that get you want to front load the, the PHS. You want to you want to front load the information. So once once that information gets in front of the BI, the BI will go, oh oh oh, mm-hmm. all right all right. And mm-hmm. then it's a it becomes a non issue like it did for you because once you got I think you got a, a letter from a classmate. There yeah. were some there were some high school issues. You got a letter from a classmate that had been, you know, uh, privy to some information. You got a letter from a teacher that knew you, and mm-hmm. um, and those letters make a world of difference. When you get people who can clear your name or say that this was something that happened, don't make a big deal about it. And I think that helped you a lot too. Yeah. Um, so that how difficult was it for you to go out and reach out to those folks and get those letters? Not difficult at all. I mean, I stayed in touch with one of the teachers because I um, would go to the high school to get transcripts for, you know, agencies that needed them. So I stayed in touch with her. I got her email. And then the classmate was actually one of my good buddies who I've still talked to to this day. That wasn't bad. And then I even have a reference who was a school resource officer who, um, detained me when I got in trouble in high school. And he was the one who, who pretty much was there when I got expelled. He was the one who, who grabbed me and pulled me in and escorted me off campus and I was done. But he was, he was the officer involved and I got him to get in on it too. Right. Right. So Ken, when, when you get a background investigator who would get CETO's packet and just look at everything without those letters, and does the disqualification or the non-select? What what do you call those kind of background investigators? They're lazy. <laughs> They're <laughs> That's lazy. exactly it. 
and there's a lot of them out there and, and, and you know, uh, and that's hurting people like you, Cito, who are good for this business and you just can't get in because you run into those lazy background investigators who don't want to ask the questions. So yeah. again, and it was a simple fix. It was a simple fix, which, you know, I, I'm so thankful that you reached out and got that advice because, you know, now, man, you're, you're going to be living the, the high life, your dream, everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just talked to a candidate yesterday and he's got multiple DQs and it's really funny. It's like, he turns into PHS and then he opens his email and there's a, there's a DQ or a non-select and he's, and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way you can actually, no one, no one did a background. How do you turn it around that quick? And to me, and it goes back to that original DQ. And then everyone after that, if you get lazy BIs and they go, Oh, he, he's got a DQ. I'm a DQ him. Cause he DQ, he got DQ'd over here Man, you rack those up. And uh, that's a terrible thing that happened to um, that happened to Alex and it happened to Ruben and it happened to multiple mm-hmm. candidates yeah. because I'm going to, uh, you yep. know, Donovan and I blow the lid off this all the time. There are people who should not be background investigators. Right. Right. And the problem is, is uh, smaller agencies, especially they're just taking whoever's available and putting them, in that in that job position, if they're out and they have to be on light duty, oh, you can do backgrounds because everyone thinks it's an easy gig, and it's not. I mean, I run into background investigators all the time who just, oh yeah, they got DQ'd over here for whatever, so I'm just going to disqualify them as well. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> number one, you should probably be calling that agency to find out exactly why they're, they're disqualified first before you do anything, but then talk to the person, you know. And 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 people would laugh at me because I would always say. Yeah, this looks like a disqualification, but I'm up for a story. Look, come on in. Let's let's hear what went on. You know, yeah, give them yeah. that chance to sell themselves. So, and that that's what frustrates me. So again, that's why I'm I'm happy that you you reached out. You're able to fix it quickly, easily, and then the department took it is taking that chance on you um, yeah. to 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 let you fulfill your dreams. So, yeah, and I'm gl- I'm thankful that you that you contacted me as well because in reality it was kind of an easy fix but candidates don't think like that how do i fix this issue um but and i, I think donovan and i think about that how can how can mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting thing that i think donovan and i i look at backgrounds and we go how can i sew this candidate's head back on you know mm-hmm. and and it's not impossible it's not and you just, I know, and Donovan knows, you want to know how a BI thinks? We'll tell you. Mm-hmm. We can tell you how a BI hey, thinks. Hey, Ken, you got to say it's not impossible for most people. Most people. Right? There are some. That, yeah. <laughs> some, there's nothing you can do anything about. <laughs> and I, I, talk to, I talk to people and I do consultations and they pay me, you know, they pay me good money. I think I'm, I think I'm, I think my services are valuable. So the, the prices mm-hmm. meet that. But but sometimes people pay me the fee and I sit there and I go at the end of it say you're never going to get hired they're not going to hire you right. and then the right. majority of time the candidates will will look at me and say thank you right. now I, I won't be spending my time doing this pursuing this yeah and that you know I can I I, I can't lie I almost not wanted that but was expecting to hear that from you. And I remember you saying, like, Cito, you're not a throwaway candidate. Like, you're not. And I, 
it gave me hope. And I was like, wow, I'm like, okay, well then let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and I think what's important again, what, what I was saying before is, you know, you contact Ken, he's going to give you that advice. Uh, but like Cito showed there's work on your end. It's not yeah. just a magic fix. You, you've got to do the work that fix it. He's going to tell you how to fix it. But yeah. you know, if, if this is your dream, then it's, it's, it's well worth it. So. Yeah. And Cedar and I worked together on it. He would call me and tell me, hey, I got a letter. I got one of this letter and I got that letter. And I'm going, okay, good, good, good. So we worked together. There's the, the majority of the footwork. I mean, all the footwork is going to be on Cedar's part. So if I tell you, and, yep. and seriously, if I tell you this is what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And if anybody, mm-hmm. if you know, one of the big things about about backgrounds is that, is that Donovan and I are here because we care about the police profession. We take all of these, all of these seriously. If somebody sends us an email, Donovan, if, if somebody sends Donovan an email, you're going to get a response. So mm-hmm. feel free to reach out to us, Donovan or myself, and we're going to, um, we're going to help you as best we can. And Donovan is at Donovan mm-hmm. at policebackground.net. I'm Ken at policebackground.net. And we both have extensive experience in backgrounds, and we think we know how background investigators think. We can tell you what's going wrong, and um, we even have a we even had a a YouTube video, um, and it's called "My Bi Did Me Wrong." <laughs> so, and, because we know, and interesting thing about it, Cito, is is Donovan Donovan's like this close. To retirement, and once you get to be, yeah, once you get to be that close mm-hmm. to retirement, or you retire, you're like, I'm like, um, I'm going to say what I'm going to say on this podcast. I'll talk about background investigators, and if they're lazy or not, mm-hmm. and I and I tell people, come at me. You have something that you want to mm-hmm. say, and you think I'm wrong? Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've never had any bi yep. challenge me about anything I've ever said, uh, because I think Donovan and I pretty much know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, right, right. Um, yeah. So let's let's get into uh, let's get into your background investigation. How did that go? Was that quick, fast? What? Um, it was. It honestly was not long. It was about a month. Um, I mean, but my background investigator hit the ground and he was running. I mean, that guy all day, you know, texting me, "Hey, Cito." What happened here again? Okay, just checking. Just talk to your sister. And then, you know, mm. just talk to this person. I mean, all day. And it didn't <laughs> crazy. So he actually, my background investigator, um, is, doesn't work for the agency, he's a third party. He drove down from um, Idaho. And that's because that's where he lives. And he drove down here and we did a face-to-face interview. Wow. And he drove around to the other agency, went over my file. I mean, it was this guy hit the ground running hard. And he, I mean, he worked his butt off. Mm-hmm. He worked his butt off so hard that he called me when he was submitting my packet and said, Hey, I need to know what, how this ends. I said, okay, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, so much work that he did. He, he says, I have to know how this ends. That is so cool. And, yeah. and that's interesting. You say that it's a third party because that's that's another way for those candidates who have a challenging background get a shot, because mm-hmm. when it's a third party, the department looks at it and they hand it off to the background investigator. They've got to do the whole packet now. 
once it's yeah. turned over to them, they don't make a decision on non-select or disqualification. They just do the whole packet and they turn it over. So that's, I mean, that's, that's good to hear. And those guys, they try to, those third party background investigators that a lot of them are really good and they work as quick as they can. So, yeah. And let, let your BI know that Donovan, I think he's pretty cool. And no. uh, I'd love to chat with him and and ask him if uh, ask him if he's interested in being on the podcast. I'd love to talk to someone who actually cares about the uh, yeah the candidates for sure. I mean, he was an ex police officer, and you know, you could tell that this guy just has um, love for the profession. And anybody who wants to come on in, I mean, he wants to give them a chance. I mean, this guy, he was just so amazing. He talked on to my parents for like an hour, all my siblings for about 30, 40 minutes a piece. I mean, and he, no kidding, would drive down from his, where he lived, would drive down for a one day trip, sleep for a couple hours, go back home, do some more, you know, paperwork, drive back down again for more footwork. And it was like, oh my God. That's crazy. That's a great yeah. BI. That's a that great was amazing. BI. Yeah. So, um, what I really want to know is is from 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 uh, I'm going to add Donovan back in. Hmm. Hello, Donovan. <laughs> we'll, we'll try this off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> for our, for our listening audience, Donovan's internet has been uh, possessed. He's playing peekaboo. <laughs> so it sounds like he's uh, it sounds like he's yep. back. <laughs> So, um, so your, your background. So when you went, I'm back. when you were in backgrounds, you were, um, you were with one BI. Once he started it, you were, you were, um, kind of, that was it. That was the only background you were in, right? Yeah. And that went about 30 days. And generally speaking, if somebody's going to do a good background, it should take about 30 days for just a thorough, good background. If it, mm-hmm. if it's a little, if it, there's a little more work done 60 days. And if there's a lot of work, there's things that are going wrong with it 90 days, but that's on the outside. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what helped my process go, you know, 30 days is yeah. I have a lot that he needed to go over, but I mean, anything this guy asked for, I had it done instant, you know, even at one point he had to stop me and say, Cito, you are on top of it, dude. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying to be. And he go, and he even told my parents, like, you know, Cito's on top of things. Like, he's on it. I asked him to do something, and he gets to me right away. That's awesome. That is, that's mm-hmm. the way, and yeah. that's the way you want to do it, man. Yeah. For you guys that are listening, you need to have a perfect PHS when you turn it in. You need to have all your documents ready to go. You need to, yep. and you get an email from your from your BI. You need to like respond to that immediately. Yep. If oh, and that's only Donovan. That's only if you want to get hired, right? <laughs> only if you want to get hired. And the bigger thing is, is let your references know, let your your employer know, let your past employers know, so they're all ready and waiting to get that information. Yeah. So the Academy is coming up soon. Oh, yes, sir. It is. <laughs> and is your, do you know anything about your Academy? Is it hardcore? Is it like not hardcore? Can mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Check, check this out. Okay. So yesterday, 
I was out shopping with my girlfriend. We're walking around and we passed this store. It's called Code 3 Wear. It's a store that law enforcement agencies use around here for their, you know, their employees to buy gear. Mm-hmm. So I know that once I start the academy, I'll have to be referred there because a lot of agencies around this area use it. So I told my girlfriend, like, hey, let's go in there and see how expensive everything is, you know, because I'm sure it is, right? So we walk in, and this is yesterday. We walk in, and I notice this taller gentleman and, you know, this this other guy wearing, you know, these black uniforms, but they're getting, you know, tailored. They're getting ready for graduation, it looks like. And I recognize the patch, and it's for the agency I got hired by. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so I ran over there. I was like, hey, guys, you know, with this agency? They're like, yeah, we're about to graduate the academy in two weeks. I was like, I just got hired by them. I start on the 11th, you know, uh, I work at the department. They're like, oh, my God, that's amazing, this and that. I was like, how is the academy? And they both stopped laughing and smiling. They were like, <laughs> um, <laughs> the taller guy goes, I'll say it like this, bro. It's the best experience you never want to experience again. And I was like, really? <laughs> And, yep, turns out they average 8 to 10 miles a day. It's all pull-ups, push-ups, and getting in your face and letting you know that you're not crap. That's awesome. That's said, awesome. Huh. Damn it, Ken's gonna love this. <laughs> so the expectation is you need to be in shape. Yes, sir. Yes. Not not a shape, in shape. <laughs> I mean, I ran, I ran, I averaged like you know two to three miles, four miles a day, just you know, not a lot compared to what I need to be. And I'll run six or seven miles every now and again. But now it's like, all right, well, I better get picking it up, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then they told me because I started working at the department on Monday and then they were telling me about that. And I mean, they were like, oh, dude, they're going to kill you there. I was like, are they? They're like, yeah, their goal is to get you ready for the academy. They go, they have this thing where you guys will push a sled because there's going to be three of us going to the academy. The three of you are going to have a sled that you got to push around the, whole po- around the whole parking lot with dumbbell, you know, 45 plates on there. Um, and you have to get around the um, parking lot in one minute. If you guys don't get around one minute, you got to go again and you guys can't stop it till you get it out under one minute. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and after every one minute, they add another plate. And there's so, nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Nope. There's nothing wrong with that because it's going to save you in the end. <clears throat> yes, yeah. sir. It is. You're not going to quit. Um, nope. The, uh, so the Academy sounds like it's hardcore, hardcore Academy. I love that. I love that already. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I have, like I said, I have friends who are cops and my uncle's a cop, right? Mm-hmm. I, I told them the name of the academy I'm going to. And all of them responded with either, excuse my language, oh shit, or <laughs> oh F word. Like, <laughs> no, no response I got every time. It's, so. it's like, uh, I'm trying to think. There's a, there's a, there's an academy and this is, this was, um, this is a while ago, but Orange County Sheriff's Department in Southern California. If you if somebody told you I went to X Academy, they might go, "Oh, cool, cool." And and if somebody says I went to the Orange County Sheriff's Academy, they go, "Oh, mm-hmm. wow, oh," and it, it sounds like that's that kind of academy. Yes, it is. Oh. I even I told Alex about it, and even he said, "Oh, my cousin went there." Oh my god! And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Okay, but my question is: What academy do you want to graduate from? Do you want to graduate from from the academy where everyone goes, "Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, well, that was an easy academy, right?" Yeah, I, no, mean, I want no part of that. The job. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want so, no part of the gentleman's academy. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think you're lucky. And cops know too. Oh yeah. yeah they know. Mm-hmm. Cops know. And they will judge you based on the academy that you would. It's like, it's funny when mm-hmm. with LEPD, we'd all, you know, you get off probation and you get wheeled to your, to your, you, the uh, station that you're going to work now that you're off probation and people go like, where'd you, where'd you do your probation? And I go, I, I was at Newton and they go, Oh, and then if someone says, where'd you do your probation? And the person goes, I was at Devonshire. Oh, club dev. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I'll try and teach you how to do police work here now. <laughs> you know, And so they know, uh, they know, and mm-hmm. they judge you based on it. Oh Yeah. Uh, Donovan is a yeah. avid runner. He loves running. In fact, Donovan loves running so much. He went ahead and he got himself shot while he was running. <laughs> wow. Um, and that, uh, that's, uh, that's another story, but, um, you, uh, are you, what are you doing to prepare yourself for the Academy? Knowing that this is going to be a hardcore Academy. Um, I mean, I've, been running for now what going on three years because ken i don't know if i told you in beginning of 2020 cedo was almost 300 pounds no way he wow. was almost 300 pounds with no college no nothing i mean i was just a bum a bum wow. and you want to be a cop now I, I thought i did at that time i, I mean i didn't just look like it mm-hmm. so um i mean 2020 came and i was like i gotta do something so I joined a gym, started slowly. Next thing you know, by the 2021, I was down 70 pounds, was running six miles every day, was hitting the gym every day, just eating better. I mean, even right now I'm, you know, 80 pounds down now, but I still plan on losing more, you know? Mm-hmm. What was his starting um, weight? Uh, the last time I, I was like 280 plus, I don't remember. And I just stopped weighing myself because I was so depressed. It was just so depressing looking at the scale. And how much do you weigh now? My two hundred five right now. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Five two hundred five. And that yep. that awesome. wasn't like a special shred program. You just you just hunkered down. No, I just ran. I, all I did was run a lot. I ran a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. But you didn't just run a lot. You ran a lot, and then you ate right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. There are people who run a lot, but then they're like, oh, boy, I'm running a lot, so I'm really hungry. And then they just eat anything in sight. So you did more than just run. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I learned something new right now. I didn't even realize that you were. Yeah, that's awesome. That is. We're we're down a lot. I mean, I still always, you know, look at myself and say you could lose more. But I'm sure I look a lot better than I did a few years ago. Well, I think that you're going to lose in the academy, you're going to lose more too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, are you doing any cardio or um, is anybody yelling at you in your face or anything? Um, I have a buddy I go to the gym with every weekend. Um, I say he's pretty annoying, but I mean, I, he's just trying to get me prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he gets me, he has me doing a lot of pull ups and I, I'll use the assist thing. He'll be like, oh, you're going to use that, fatty? I'll be like, come on, dude, just let me, just let me try. <laughs> He'll be like, all right, whatever. And then we'll do abs. And then I'll, you know, if I like, if we're doing an ab circuit and I try taking a break, he'll be like, come on, come on, come on, push, push, push. And I'm like, dude, it hurts. He'll be like, oh, is that what you're going to say when you're out there? I'm like, damn it. And I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 
that's mild probably compared to what I'm going to, you know, get when the academy starts. But yeah. I got someone like him right there pushing me around. And Donovan's yeah, you're co- preparing at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're assigned. Donovan, Donovan's a, uh, uh, he's assigned to the academy now. And I think I think Donovan, wouldn't you say that the uh, the uh, the thing is true where they say that you as far as you can go, and then you can actually go farther than that? Why Why are you laughing at me? Further? Why are you laughing at me? I thought you were gonna. I, I thought you were gonna bring up the old gentleman's club at the academy. For me. Oh. <laughs> No, no, no. I think that yeah. I think that Cito brings up a good point that you think, oh, I can't do anymore. Yeah, but that's that's a big thing uh, in any sports. But like Cito knows that probably from running where, I mean, your mind running alone is about 95 percent mental yeah. and 5 percent physical. You, mm-hmm. It's amazing what you can push your body to do, whether you're running, lifting, doing whatever, as long as you have that willpower. And that's what it takes is that willpower. And you can do it. I mean, I know people who've, they run like maybe five miles every so often. Then they go off and they run a marathon just because they said, well, I'm just going to push my body and do it. So yeah, it takes, it takes a lot, but yeah, it is, you know, when you think you can't go anymore, just tell yourself, I got to keep going and you can do it. Yep. And that's, I mean, like you said, I mean, God, the mental part of it was the hardest. I mean, even when I was 260 pounds, I would try to run a mile, but oh, like I can't, I can't. And then my brother started running with me. And one day, I mean, he was like, well, Why can't you? I was like, Because I'm tired. He goes, well, Why are you tired? I'm like, I'm running. He goes, Yeah, but just keep <laughs> going. I was like, mm-hmm. Okay. And next thing you know, we ran four miles. And I mean, I was a big dude and I ran four miles. Wow. Yeah, I didn't run it fast, but you know, I did it. And it's just, it's just one of those things where it's a mental. Yeah, but was your four miles the same distance? If you ran your four miles in, say, an hour, is that the same four miles that someone runs in 35 minutes? It's all the same, right? It's the same yeah. distance. Nothing different about it all. Right, right. So you got to start somewhere, and then the time comes. So, and that, again, like you said, too, it's the mental game. It's the mental mm-hmm. game. It's so easy to quit. Oh, yeah. So push push yourself. Yeah. Yeah, one and, – and one – other component to it is is i think people when they say when they hear you say you know i'm not going to quit i'm going to run i'm going to run you know more than i can run but donovan's an example of why you have that not only that mentality that donovan was shot he was laying in the street but he was doing something that would help him later on is he was getting himself in shape for his body to survive that type of thing uh, not that, you know, he was working out. So if I get shot, he was, I'm just saying that <laughs> if you're healthy, if you're healthy, a lot of times the doctors will say, if that person was not in that kind of physical condition, they would not have survived. And yeah, right. Right. I think, Donovan, I don't think Donovan, I don't know if Donovan was laying in the street going, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. But that mental, that mental strength that you give yourself by not quitting carries over. Is that sound right, mm-hmm. Donovan? Oh, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's one thing, uh, you know, cause I've done a mar- I've done marathons, I've done the ultra marathon. And, um, when I got shot, uh, where I ended up laying down was a place no one would have found me. So it took the willpower. It took all that, that, you know, getting over the pain, getting over everything to get myself up and run to a location to where at least when I started collapsing, people would see me, um, and the police could find me. So, and, and I attribute that to a lot of that, that mental game, 
in running that, you know, yep, it hurts, but you just got to do it in order to, to, to survive. So, yeah. And Cito, you're going to hear it here first. We are going to go YouTube live and we're going to talk to Donovan about the will to survive on one of our YouTube yeah. things. Cause that's, that's not even funny, man. That's not even funny. You almost died. Just drop these bombs on me. Yeah. So, so Donovan, I don't know if you know it or not, we're going to do a YouTube live. With you. I'm always up for it, Ken. I'm always <laughs> up for it. Cito, tell us what you're looking forward to being a police officer. Oh, man. I mean, it's just so new to me. And it's just, I, it almost still doesn't feel real to the point where I can't even think about it. I mean, everybody keeps telling me, hey, you excited for Monday? And I'm like, well, like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be, but is it happening? You know, like, is it really happening? It's kind of, you know, everything I've been to is kind of blocking me from re realizing this is really going to happen. So, I mean, now that I can sit here and think about it, I'm just excited to finally be able to get a chance to, to prove myself, you know? Like, I know in the academy I'm going to be fine. And I know that once I get on the street that I'm going to help someone. I know I can and I know I will. So, I'm excited. I can't wait to go out there and just meet people, laugh with people. You know, I'm sure sometimes people won't be laughing, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll share some sort of emotion, whether it's anger or laughter, but yeah. So I'm just ready. That's awesome. Um, so you start the Academy in th four days. No, no, no. I start working at the department. So I'm, oh. I'll be working at the department until late October because the Academy starts October 30th. That's day one. Okay, um, but I'm sure we'll, you know, be out there a week before, maybe doing pre academy stuff. And, yeah, uh, kind of deal, but good. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say it's pretty cool because I know at the department I'm gonna get paid to do ride along, shoot guns, do lectures, and <laughs> with dispatch. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's awesome. just I'm pretty sure I'm gonna sit there with my gun in my hand, aiming get down range. Like what am I doing? You know, like it's happening. <laughs> And the whole time you're thinking, I'm getting paid for this. I'm getting yeah. paid for it. This guy's yelling at me. He's got, he's right next to my face and he's got really bad breath, but I'm getting paid for it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Donovan, do you guys have a pre-academy? Um, the pre-academy we leave to the uh, departments to handle. Yes. Oh. So like our department, we do. Okay. Um, there's assignments that the academy will send to the department for the recruits to work on. Uh, some some pre-work stuff so that uh, there isn't so much time in the classroom and we get more hands-on time. Mm -hmm. So, and then every department has their own. I mean, because we, uh, departments will do the firearm familiarization because uh, you have so many people coming in who've never touched a gun. Um, you know, you have, uh, you know, all those those mandatory trainings that, you know, the government always makes you take every year and stuff. So you have that kind of pre-academy stuff going on as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's good for yeah to get them used to what the academy is going to be like, so you don't lose a lot. Mm -hmm. I know of an agency that in the first uh, week or two, they already lost four. They already lost four no recruits because I think that, and I think mm -hmm. a couple of them. Um, I was told a couple of them they were they were just told like uh, I, I I don't want to do this. <laughs> wow. That was like the first. And that's happening more and more, Ken. Is uh, and Cito, you'll probably see this at the academy where someone shows up, and they're like, "Whoa, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't know I'd have to do all this," and and they bail. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there. This is a you know, ooh, you know, oh, I 
police department's hiring, I'll just go work there. And they don't do their homework. They don't know what they're getting involved in. So, yeah. Yeah. And if, if you are, if you're in the Academy and like the first couple of days you go, I need a safe space. I don't want to work with you. Yeah. I don't want to work. Cause in, in the police, in the police, uh, in the police cars and on the streets, there's no safe space when they start shooting at you. Mm-mm. There's no safe space. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so Cito in closing, what advice do you have for those people following after you? Um, I mean, without trying to sound too cliche or basic, um, just don't give up. I mean, I have been told by my brother, my sister, even my dad. I remember my dad one day said, Cito, you're never going to pass that written exam. Give up. Drive a big truck like me and make money to feed your kids and your girlfriend. And I mean, this was early on to my journey and it, it, it hurt to hear that, but I just couldn't give up. I mean, I remember right before I did my consultation with you, Ken, with my old job, I was crying to my manager saying, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't. Like, it just, it hurts now. It's too much. And I met with Ken. I was like, all right, just one more time. And I got hired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there, just got to keep pushing. I've told this story before, but when I, when I got hired – there was a, I was a security officer and my, um, my, uh, boss was a Lieutenant and she didn't make the, she couldn't pass the LEPD physical agility test to get into this. So she was really disgruntled. She was angry. And then I told her, I said, Hey, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to go to the Academy. And she flat out told me, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And every time the Academy got too hard, I remember her saying that. And here we are 43 years later. And I still think to this day, that was the fuel I used to burn inside me to get through the Academy all those years Mm -hmm. ago was someone telling me you can't do it. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you for that. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, Donovan, do you have anything in closing? Yeah. First, I want to say it's an honor to actually meet you, Cito, um, and talk to you about this. Uh, you have that that drive and that will. I think that's going to get you through. The one advice I'm going to give you as you're starting the academy and you're starting this career and you have two two kids. You said, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw your face light up when you talked about your sons. Mm, yeah. The biggest advice I'm going to give you is. Um, in these, after you start in the academy, you start getting a feel for what law enforcement is. Write each one of your sons a letter about how much they mean to you and all that. Seal it up, put it in a safe spot that your girlfriend knows it's at in case something happens to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll remember that forever. Uh, my yeah. family, a couple people in my family opened up their letters after I got shot and, and they said it meant the world to them. So, you know, make sure you do something like that. And yeah. we don't tell young officers that quite often, but since you said, you got two boys, man. Think about them the whole time. I always kept a picture of my kids in my pocket. Yeah. Never went through the wash. I always, that was like my treasure. It always, always went from uniform shirt to uniform shirt that I wore. So, you know, yes, keep sir. that, keep that close to your heart. Yeah, I will for sure. I look, Thank you. I look forward to seeing how, how this comes <laughs> out. I mean, this is, this is exciting. You know, it's a long journey. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. too. I'm just, ugh. 
man, it's going to be, oh, my man. I just, you know, all these years I've been working full time, going to school full time. I worked with kids with mental illnesses outside of that. I, you know, have, like I said, I have my kids and then just having to balance everything and still having to work out. Like I did all that to get here and now I'm going to get paid to do all that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just, oh man, I can't explain how excited I am. That's exciting. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Thank so, you guys. Well, uh, thank you again. This is probably going to be one of our better episodes. You know, we get, I get, I get notified <laughs> all the time, man. People go, man, I listen to Alex and I listen to Ruben and I listen mm-hmm. to, and there's an, they go down the list of all these ones and these episodes mm-hmm. where somebody could not get hired for five, 10, 14 <clears throat> years. And then yeah. those are the stories yep. that are, Listeners want to want to hear. Yep. Shout out to my boy Alex. That's my man. Alex. <laughs> Alex. We got to have him on a little update. Uh, oh, yeah. See what's going on. But uh, yeah, Alex from LASD. He was in the academy when the um, uh, he was in the class ahead of that class that got mowed down by that driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a lot of guts for a lot of people to go back to that class. But um, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Uh, Thank mm-hmm. you, Cito, for being here. This is really an eye-opener. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you, man. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for being a miracle worker. Miracle right worker. <laughs> miracle worker, Donovan. Oh, Don't forget. There's a 90-minute commercial for Rapalee's <laughs> <laughs> background on this. But uh, all right, guys, thanks a lot. And uh, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.